Krakoa Radio presents. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by my co-host, it's Josh, everybody. I'm the co-host. We're here. We're doing it. And we're going to have fun today, dude. I really think we're going to have fun with this one. I really think we're going to have fun. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We got a good batch. But before we do that, man, hmm. I haven't seen you in a minute. What's going on? What's happening, player? What's going on? Uh, I've been to a few wrestling shows this nice. week. Nice. It's been good. Uh, today was officially my last day at Target. Woo! I mean, I didn't, I didn't go, but it was my officially my last day. That's That's, that's even better, man fucking out out of here yeah yeah fuck target that's my Unless they want to be a sponsor in which case oh absolutely we love you target. We love you target or if they want to pay their employees a little more which rumors are they will be I hey i'm that. back i heard that man i did i did see that somewhere oh no i got mad immediately when i saw that because i'm like i just put my two weeks in now they're gonna raise it and then i <laughs> looked more into it it's like major cities only and shit like that yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. green stores which is like the good stores in major cities they might be getting paid more not mm. red stores and fucking south florida aren't doing great <laughs> so yeah, yeah that makes sense how, how you doing <clears throat> i'm doing okay man last and in, in our last episode um i ranted a lot about spring um it's only gotten worse <laughs> it, it keeps <laughs> it keeps nudging up and it's really Springing. nice i dude yes the other day it was so nice here that I wore a short sleeve shirt for the first time since January. <laughs> it was insane. Like in my house or outside, I have not had a short sleeve shirt on since I moved here. Yeah, I might be shipping you your uh, your care package soon anyway. Yes, please do. <laughs> I, Which we can I have, say on this podcast what it is. I have much need for. That sweater a, in my yes, X Men sweater, and a pop yeah. figure of Kate Pride with the knuckle tattoos, motherfuckers. Yep, her whole pirate outfit. I think, if I remember correctly, I think, I think Lockheed, um, Lockheed is in it too. Yeah, yeah, it's That's a nice right. pop figure because my boy is always looking out for me. Always, when they make the Marvel Legends of that, I'm getting four. Watch out, just because. Watch out, <laughs> watch out, everyone. So let's get right into it today, guys. Let's do it. I told you before we started recording. Yes, you did. So I don't get why, out of all things, Marvel is downplaying the X lives and X deaths because this is essentially, it feels like a sequel to everything we've been reading. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it feels a lot like, especially the one we're doing today, feels a lot like a sequel to inferno Just jonathan hickman yeah exactly yeah, or hickman, like, yeah hickman in general you know like it, it it the dawn of x stuff the um and then when he came back with inferno more or less and now and now benjamin percy's gonna close out the chapter i guess which is so ironic because we've shit on him for x-force and most of wolverine yes. and i'm about i was about to drop wolverine and then all of a sudden i he did writes these awesome yeah and then he writes these awesome books. And I'm like, where the fuck has this guy been? <laughs> I dropped I dropped both his books. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what? I'm enjoying like, it so far. And 
full disclaimer up front here. Um, I have only read to issue two of X deaths and issue three of X live. So if it takes a, a nosedive listener, we don't know that right now. <laughs> yeah. I've only read, I believe the first two or just one, yeah, only one of X lives and one of X deaths. Yeah. And I'm very impressed I'm really, I've, really enjoying it. I've been enjoying I don't know where it. this writer's has been. Like he hasn't been writing this way since like Green Arrow from like two years ago or three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And I'm really loving it. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. We're starting with issue one of the X Deaths of Wolverine. So essentially this issue starts off with Moira immediately after Inferno. She's on the run. She just made it through Cohen Gate and she's back in Scotland, her home. Even though I thought she was Irish. No, but she's um, Scottish, yeah, yeah. She's Scottish, yeah. Um, and she immediately punches someone, steals his car full of sheep after talking about not being a sheep or something like that. Yeah. A little ham a little little ham fisted, but she well, wanted to be the sacrificial lamb and she sacrificial lamb, there we go. Um also right away, I love the art in this book. I like the art a lot in this book too. This is honestly the kind of this is what I mean by when I like clean art. This is very clean and you can really see everything. And it's very like I don't mind reading in the dark, like in somewhat dark lighting. I actually made the lighting brighter in my room so I can really appreciate what's happening in the picture. Yeah, the the art is great. The color, the color is great. Everything pops really nicely. It's, it, yeah, it, it's it's firing on all cylinders here. So while Moira's in hiding, she says coughing up blood. Never a good sign. No, you don't gotta be a doctor for that. It's never a good sign to start randomly. But as a doctor, I know it's not a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we cut to uh Tom Cassidy in the lounge or sorry, Green Lagoon. Thank you. And he notices something's wrong with the with the earth, the ground, something's up, even though Krakoa is always shifting, he can tell something's wrong. He runs and sees an egg kind of hatching. Is it coming from out of the ground or is it just part of the ground? Do we know? I think it's coming from out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The, yeah, the art shows is coming, popping from out of the ground. And then we cut back to Moira talking to Jane Foster. Yeah, I thought which, that was pretty cool. Well, yeah. If anyway, if you guys don't know, Jane Foster used to be Thor when she had cancer. She was dying, and I believe she actually did eventually die. I'm trying to remember. It's a fantastic run of Thor by Jason Aaron. Actually, I... literally today just bought the ultimate collection the second trade of the ultimate collection because one of my favorite thor runs that's awesome easily. i've been i never finished it when it came out so i've been reading like from the start from thor one i i'm i've been reading i think i'm like up to thor 10 right now or whatever but i want to i'm trying to read the entire jason aaron run yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. The whole God Butcher story is going to be used in the next movie soon. Exactly. That's one of the reasons I want to do it because I know. Yeah. Yeah. So Jane being used to being Thor and then I believe she dies during uh, War of King. Not War of Kings. I forgot what it was called. War of Realms. There we yeah. go. She dies during that and comes back as Valkyrie, as one of the Valkyries. Mm -hmm. So I really like seeing her talk to someone about cancer. And she tells her, like, yeah, it's stage four lung cancer. Like, that's what it is. And she's like, I need Krakoa medicine. She's like, it's not going to cure cancer. She's like, yeah, but it'll slow it down, which tells me she has a plan. Like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to do this one thing. Because now she actually has to worry about death. Right. She's not coming back this time, most likely. We, um, we so suspect. while she's trying to figure all this shit out, 
of course, Mystique is hunting her down. We actually have a whole page that's kind of like a story Destiny is telling her. That that's basically means, one. yeah, it's pretty good. But she basically tells her, go get her. Like, this is what you got to do. Like, be death. Yeah. So Mystique's hunting her down. And I do agree with the rule of, like, the rule still says kill no human and you're not a human. Like, we kind of gloss over it, but, like, that is a rule. <laughs> yeah, we just suppressed your X gene. You're still technically immune. <laughs> if that's what they go with, that would be fucked up. So they're hunting her down, and in a, a great splash page, we have Valkyrie bust down the door and like, tell her, hey, Mora, get the fuck out of here. I'll hold her back as long as I can. Which a part of me is like, yes, Mystique is a great assassin. You're still Valkyrie. What does that mean, hold her back as long as you can? That's like, what you I should thought, be too, when I read it. I'm like, you're a fucking Valkyrie. <laughs> like, what like, are you This should about? be nothing. She has guns. Like... <laughs> She's gonna shape shift and sneak away from you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little whatever. And Moira, of course, jumps out a window. Yeah, you know, and because we... <laughs> she can't die. Wait. Yeah, we don't really. She just falls on a car. So, like, <laughs> I don't think I think it was a bad idea just to jump out our window randomly without knowing how you're gonna land. Yeah, I mean, by the art. By the look of the art, too, she's pretty high up there. That's what I was just looking at. Like, other buildings are high up above her. So, like, or next to her level. So, like, you just jumped out a car and hope for the best. Or jumped out a window and hope for the best. Unless, the choice. Okay, maybe we're led to believe that her her techno-organic arm <laughs> braced her <laughs> fall or some shit. I don't know. Um, Based off the picture that we're it given, she falls on her ass. Yeah. So, sure, whatever. Cut back to Krakoa, where a mysterious figure is kind of hatching out of this egg, and Cassidy is confused. And then he gets sliced up by three claws, so not good. And, and I assume now dead. And it has the Wolverine snicked, yeah, sound too. But the hands are very like warlocks race, very phalanx, phalanx, yeah. So we cut back and we see footage of Moira falling on the car and the X. Ex- X desk is watching going huh well either she was a prisoner and she escaped either way we need her because she'll definitely have intel we want because everyone assumes she was dead for years now Mm -hmm. which is a fair assessment like hey whatever's going on we want her if she's writing for mutants yeah she's not so like any good person trying to hide time to cut your hair and change the hair color because that's what you do I mean it's better than MCU where it's like baseball cap Put your head down. Yep. No Shout one knows who you are. America. And any character on the run in that universe, they always yeah. just put baseball cap, head down, <laughs> slightly change the hair. So when she's running away, we have this mysterious figure that's maybe Wolverine. It's Wolverine. Um, go to Moira's hideout and smell her clothes. So obviously going to track her through that. Then Moira is attacked by people from the X desk, which is is that technically CIA? I forgot. She, uh, yes. Yes. I do like the way she clocks them of like, you have an athletic build, a runner legs. I can see your holster. You're CIA. I'm like, oh, I, hey, that's clever. When did Moira become like this like expert secret agent? <laughs> well, the thing is, we haven't had this moment with her. We've never been with her this long. That's true. I mean, she's had what nine other lives or yeah nine other lives of really really weird shit so, so yeah, yeah makes sense i just like i i like i 
my only questioning of it is I never got to see any of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we cut to her hiding in a kind of like an Apple store type place where she gets an ad, a, like a hologram ad about this new technology you can wear and it records everything you see, which also reminded me of that Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Where you can like just rewind your own life and history and that everything. That was crazy. And I mean, um, actually, I'm not going to, it's related to some other media I'm not going to spoil now, so forget it. But um, it is kind of cool they have this because like, okay, that's going to be a plot point eventually. 100%. Yeah, something's going on with that. Moira fights her way from all these guys, kind of beating the fuck out of them and getting on a motorcycle. And I'm like, what book is this again? <laughs> um, this is the Moira book. Oh, now she's now she's uh, Yelena. Now she's a Black Widow, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to Xavier and Jean with Wolverine, still where he was the last issue of X Lives. And now we see another Wolverine with the phalanx virus on him. And he says, I'm no one. I was never here when Gene senses him. And that's how we end. Yeah. Five fucking X's. Yeah, I definitely gave it five X's as well, man. It's very, it's an intriguing book. Um, it really like was not at all what I was expecting this book to be. Didn't really know. I just assumed these would be a couple like boring ass Wolverine books. But uh 100%. No, apparently not. I mean, one is maybe still going to be a boring Wolverine book, but it's been good so far. The first yeah. three issues I read, the first two were better than the third, but either way, it's still good. And the first two issues of X Deaths are really exciting. Like that, like they were really good books, and what a way to kick it off, man! Yeah, like I said, they really underplayed how important and good these books are right now. Yeah. And honestly, marketing-wise, I get it. People know hey, if Wolverine's on a title, it's gonna sell. Yeah, they're probably like, we don't have we don't have to tell them anything. We we got two Wolverine books coming out. All these motherfuckers are gonna be like, I don't want to know what's happening with Logan. Exactly. Because of in, in fairness, as much as we shit on the Wolverine books, my comic book store guy tells me they sell better than most of them, and of people rave about them all the time. That part I, I less I understand that, <laughs> but I understand a lot less, but people, he said, like, people like him. I told him we stopped covering on the show. He's like, really? Why? Everyone loves these books. And I was like, not us. Uh, I know. So, Listener, yeah. we haven't heard. We, I mean, tell us what you think, man. Is it, it Hit us up on Twitter, man. Let us know well, what you absolutely, all think about yeah. Wolverine. Any of you guys listening, please hit us up on Twitter and tell us, tell us, as a matter of fact, tell us your top three favorite books in this particular era. Yeah, that's I'd be cool. really, really curious to see what you guys think about the top three books that you've read. And if you want to throw in how much you like Wolverine or don't like Wolverine, we're very curious because we are, we are in our own bubble and every geek group of friends is guilty of like your own confirmation bias bubble. Like me and you definitely differ on plenty of different oh, 100%, man. things, which is great and why we do these podcasts because we mm -hmm. can differ on it. Like I can't wait to me and you talk about the Snyder books for Batman and our Batman show because obviously we have completely different views of it yeah and i, I can't wait do. for you to watch the batman because i'm i want to see your take because it's a fantastic movie i'm gonna I'm try to catch it uh friday afternoon and you can hear a review on good morning gotham so next up we are doing four issues of x-men issues five six seven and eight right baby it's all x-men all day so we'll catch up the next 30 hour. minutes <laughs> 30 minutes hour 
So let's go right off the bat. We're starting with X-Men 5. And like we've said before, this is very much the action book of the X-Men line. I, I, I do like how this book opens. Hey, here's why we're here. Here's the situation. Let's go. Yeah, I love it. Very much. Like I was kind of like jarred. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss something from the last issue? Oh, no. We're just getting thrown into this situation where they're in Mexico during an election time. And the Reavers have been hired to basically kill people who are trying to vote, essentially. 100%. But think the of the Reavers as Republicans. Yes. Or Proud Boys, at least. You know, they, they're just trying to kill you so you can't vote. Listen, it's only, I think it says it's January 6th. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> Today, January 6th. I mean, they're, they're just controlling their narrative. It's fine. So. <laughs> a little wrestling talk for you guys later. So most of this book actually revolves around Polaris. Oh my and God. I have some feelings about certain parts of this issue. That I will definitely get to. I have so many feelings, man. I wrote so many notes on this one and then no notes for the rest of them. Which honestly makes sense. Yeah. So we have Polaris and the team. Most of the team has been knocked out because there's these darts that can turn off your X-Gene. Sure. These X-Gene things seem to be pretty. Like, they're like kryptonite. In the Superman books, like, can everyone get them? Like, why Just, does everyone have the ability to turn off my powers? Why like, is everyone a fucking geneticist? Like, yeah. <laughs> so while their situation and basically the only standing member is uh, Polaris, we cut back to the Hellfire Gala and we see what happened there. And this is something I don't really like. I feel like Wait. they brush over it too much. Yeah. Okay. We might have we might have same opinion on that. But okay. before we go too far. We gotta we gotta talk about when we absolutely knew this was gonna be a banger of a Lorna Dane epi- uh, issue, when she is the only one, like you said, who's basically functioning right now. She gets up and the first thing she's pissed off about is they <laughs> spilled her coffee and they broke yep. her fucking glasses. They broke my goddamn. Now glasses. you pissed off Polaris. <laughs> so back at the Hellfire Gala, she was thinking before she was actually picked, just don't pick me, don't pick me. And then Jean goes in her brain and manipulates it and says, there, that's better. And she says, just pick me and goes, wait, what? Now we'll get to the explanation of that later. I do not like that's a thing that Jean just feels comfortable doing randomly. Yeah. And I, and I, and I wrote to a note, a note that saying, I, I personally feel like that's a little out of character for Jean Grey, but Lorna was like, that's totally a thing you would do. But like, yes, if it was I, Emma, I could see that too. Emma. Yeah. But like for Jean, no, which honestly is what makes me okay with the explanation of I want like Jean's like, I'm way in your head. Like, I know you want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So we see a little bit of Polaris helping out with her powers, helping a nuclear plant, get someone's Love radiation it. out. Yeah. She gets to use her doctorate degree. <laughs> Which um, there's a nice line about that later that I really like. Yeah, me too. Um, they throw the radiation into the sun because that's a thing they can do. And then they start fighting these bad guys, these kind of uh, hybrid chimeric type bad guys. And then she sees like a seal and uh, like a corgi kind of thing. Yeah, like a seal terrier. And the main bad guy realizes that she sees the camera on the collar and then kills the dog and then x23 or wolverine is like what the fuck you have to kill the dog he's like i did it i didn't kill the dog i didn't do anything i love 
I love this. I really love this issue. I love that Lorna is getting so much time to shine here. And I really love the attention that Polaris has gotten in general yeah. on this X-Men book and in um, that X-Factor run. This is like the best time for Polaris in, in X-Men history. I, I Maybe there was a time during uh she's had her moments but not like this yeah you like know x factor and 90s exactly. I was thinking, like i couldn't think of name. peter david's x factor maybe she yeah. had a little bit there but not like this man she yeah. is like a powerful mutant like they talk a lot about her powers in here how she can like fucking like it, well i think we're not there yet but like when you see like she's basically carrying in the very beginning of the book she just lifts up wolverine <laughs> And then we see later she's going to use her as a fucking weapon, which but I like, loved, <laughs> which is pretty fucking funny. But like, I really think, and maybe this isn't the time to talk about, it, but I really think this Polaris um, resurgence owes a lot to that gifted TV show. Maybe. Yeah. I and never we'll finished go. it. So, but she was honestly the, the best character on that show for my memory. Yeah. And like, one of the coolest versions of Polaris I've ever seen. And it's very, very telling that these writers maybe thought the same thing. Nice. I did like when the bad guy was like smart cookie players, correction, Dr. Polaris. She did the work and earned the title. Dr. State. <laughs> listen, Dr. Stasis recognizes another doctor. He may yep. be what appears to be one of the most evil creatures who ever lived this earth, <laughs> walked this <laughs> yeah. earth, but he respects you going to school and you doing the work. Yeah. And um, I the next scene, I do love how she basically puppeteers a knocked out Wolverine and just uses her body as a weapon. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking sweet. I mean, is it kind of fucked up? Sure. But is it useful? This is Fuck an yes. entire issue about people just ignoring the autonomy of others and then yeah. just being fine with it afterwards. <laughs> We'll get into her reaction soon because I have some opinions about that too. So then the bad guys have like a solar flare kind of thing. And she goes like, oh, wow, you guys are smarter than I gave you credit for. But I could see the iron in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the I'm magnetic seeing. field. I can see your fillings, she says in a very... And rips uh... a few out. And then eventually Wolverine uh, wait, wakes wait, wait. up. She, when she rips them out, though, she has a wonderful line. As she's ripping out the fillings of the Reavers, she says, to me, my fillings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nice. But I do like this little moment she has with uh, Wolverine where she's like, just tell me what you did. This is someone who has been used as a weapon before, mm -hmm. who's been brainwashed and unwillingly did terrible things. So I, I like this kind of subtlety of like, I get why you did it. Just tell me what you did for my own peace of mind. Yeah, right. So, because to her, like, if it was anyone else, I could see her getting real pissed off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But she I, understands I, this team and the situation. Yeah, and I think it really speaks to the level of trust that this team has with each other already. Yeah. Um, as the issue continues, we have a conversation between uh, we talked about between Polaris and Gene, and this also I, I said before I I didn't. Something about this doesn't sit right with me. When she yeah. explains to her why she did what she did, I still feel like you're taking away a form of choice. It kind yeah. of goes back to when Jean outed Iceman. It's like, well, I looked into your brain. I saw who you really are. It's like, but that's still not your place to do that. 
Oh shit, so, you're right. This is yeah. Okay, I take back my previous statement about Jean. Lor- Lorna's right. This is so Jean. Yeah, yeah, she's done this before. Yeah, exactly. And like it just felt like uh it's like the idea when people are like, Oh, if you want to teach one how to swim, push them in a pool. And it's that's like how, that's no, literally that's... how I learned to swim. <laughs> but like it's not always healthy to do it that way. So Look taking someone who isn't ready to be on a major team and tell them, mm, but deep down you are ready, so I'm gonna push you. It's like motherfucker ask first or maybe have an actual conversation with her giving her more confidence so she can make the decision herself yeah like if she had this conversation with her which was listen i respected you and i let them i let you continue to say just don't pick me but i want you to know that i heard what your first thought was and that you wanted this and i think you can i think you would be great at this and next election i really think you should go for it and and like do it that way, not like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, I knew what was best for you. Don't don't worry about it. Well, it's like I think there was a little passive aggressive moment in this book where she tells Jean, "Can we talk?" and they start doing tele- uh, telepathically, and she's like, "No, we need to talk." Yeah, yeah, I like, like that. Let's talk. Yeah, I, I, we need to use words here, motherfucker. Yeah. So the book ends with Ben Eric talking to Cyclops again, being like, "Hey, just so you know, I know something's up." Because you went to space not too long ago and you and your team never came back. Like I checked. Also, someone who I'm assuming is related to you has a grave and the grave is empty. Like I'm going to run the story, but if you want to talk to me first, I'm doing it tomorrow. Yeah. And remember, like, I, I think a lot of the reason Ben Yurik is doing this, like giving Cyclops this like window of time to make adjustments is because of how he came about that information like dr stasis like gave it to him you know what i mean like he he ben yurik is no dummy he knows that people who hate mutants gave him this stuff to hurt mutants with but he also knows this is too monumental for me not to publish you know what i mean yeah and that's like a real reporter thing like you have this juicy story you're not just if you find out a whole race of people on earth can't die anymore yeah and you're a reporter <laughs> like you're gonna fucking talk about it yeah 100 and if you know like and again most reporters too like they'll have that same thing they'll be like listen i didn't get this i got this information from a bad faith actor but the information checks out and it's pretty fucking pretty fucking huge so I gave that issue four and a half X's. I really liked it. Yeah, I gave I gave it a solid five. It, Polaris needs that time to shine. Yeah, and thankfully this book is in a weird place where it it does give these individual characters a little more development and, like I said, time to shine in a way where yes, it's a more action driven book, but it has these quiet moments that really work well as yeah. its own kind of one story like i can imagine someone reading this book starting for issue one and this is their x-men there's a kid out there where this is their x-men group and you know what that that makes me happy like 100%. this is a really good x-men book that really highlights what a well-functioning x-men team should be yeah and like really highlights the family nature of being on the x-men and I do love at the end of every battle, they do what the X-Men have always done, which is have some kind of group dinner, have a baseball game, do something as a group that's yeah. not punching people in the face. Because they're still at the core of family, especially the teams. They're especially family. now in the age of Krakoa, you know. Now let's get into X-Men issue six, where we introduce Captain Krakoa. 
we have this mysterious new hero saving a cat out of a tree. And then we have him flying around and stopping bad guys. I'm very confused. Huh? Meeting Spider-Man. I'm getting there. (laughs) Uh, I like the interaction between him and Spider-Man because he's like, hey, I'm kind of like the greeter around here. (laughs) What's your name? But like, it seems like Captain Krakoa doesn't know his name. He's like, hello, Spider-Man. Big fan. I'm... And for a moment, I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, he's a new mutant hero. He's trying to figure out what his name should be. And we'll see what he's like. And then we cut to uh, Cyclops talking to the council. Really annoyed. We, as the reader, don't really know why. And this is six days from, I guess, now. This is <laughs> Yeah, from the point, beginning of the book. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, we got to take a vote and you can't be part of it. And he's like, listen, I am going to be part of this vote, motherfucker. But we don't know what's going on yet, really. Well, he's saying straight off the top, you can't make you can't make me take Captain Krakoa onto the X-Men. That's my call. Yes. And yeah. they're like, nah, we're the quiet council. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we want yes. But now, in retrospect, when you know the truth, like, does that statement make any sense? Like, he's being vague in the sense of the story, but yeah. also it doesn't make sense in the sense of the conversation. No, it doesn't. You wouldn't talk like that. No. Bruce Wayne wouldn't be in front of the Justice League going, you can't make me take Batman on the team. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Exactly. (laughs) Spoiler from, you know, 80 years ago. No, I meant for Captain Krakoa, dude. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yes, you're going to get there eventually. (laughs) So he storms off and then we cut to uh, ah, Arako. (laughs) We'll never say it right. Araco is the only one we do say it right, I think. Yeah, maybe more or less. Yeah. All right, so we have Starfire, not Starfire. I'm all over the place now. Sunfire. Sun- Sunfire. Yes. Yeah, don't doubt yourself. No, Starfire is Teen Titans. Yeah. Uh, Sunfire watching these ships come down, and it's from our favorite scientist from Earth, who's really pissed off that mutants took over Mars first. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> hey if anything he's fucking persistent for real I, you know what i kind of get i you know kind of respect it, it. Yeah. kind of respect a little the, bit kind of respect the grind a little bit um i never personally liked bad guys who hate mutants so to beat them they change their body to be more powerful than mutants <laughs> like give me the bad guys who have no machines nothing crazy fancy don't genetically engineer themselves but they yeah. still beat them yeah, that would be nice. Like, give me the Lex Luthor of the X Men world. Yeah, but it's until cool. then, we until have then. this. Yeah. Um. What's his name again? Failing or Phalong or something like that. Phalong. Um. He lands all himself and all his material on the moon next to Mars, and immediately Sunfire is like, "Well, I gotta fucking take care of this. Listen, I'll find him. I'll put him through the gate. Clear out all his shit. All right." And eventually, the people of the community of Iraq are like. Uh, that's not how we handle things. This is considered an invasion. So we're going to send this big gargoyle-looking motherfucker. He's giant with an axe and wings. Looks very metal and crazy-looking. And he gets to the to the moon. And Sunfire is like, listen, calm down. I'm taking care of it. He's like, I don't really give a fuck what you say. I'll fight you too. Let's go. Yeah. At first, like, having fun. <laughs> and what's crazy about all of this, and like I think it plays into what eventually happens, but Phelong, if I'm saying it correctly, and I'm sorry if I'm not, but um, 
he is just he could not care less sunfire yeah. is like you gotta go man these mutants are gonna hurt you he's like no no you can go i'm here that's fine bye-bye yeah. I, I got this i know what i'm doing and and then this giant mutant comes down he's like i'm gonna kick your ass and he's like nah. he yeah. just doesn't care he really doesn't and he's also that part where he's like listen you're right in front of Araco, and he's like mars it's mars <laughs> yeah so at first, Sunfire is trying to stop him from slicing this guy with an axe. He actually blows up his axe. Then this guy shoots a green beam out of his mouth and explodes up this giant dragon dude. And all that's left is his giant legs. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess in retrospect, I just thought of it now. He can just come back. They can just bring him back from the actual yeah. thing. So... But at first I was like, fuck, you just killed that guy. Like, that's an act of war, especially to that race. It's still an act of war. It's still an act of war. So he just killed him. And Sunfire is just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, and I did actually, there's a line in this that um that he says that I really like, actually, where he says, like, you're Japanese, I'm Chinese. Our people fought years ago on Earth. Now look at us fighting here, miles from the earth. And I'm like, that's what you're thinking about right now. <laughs> that's all he thinks. That's all he's ever been thinking about is colonizing the fuck out of Mars and somebody beat him to it. Yeah. And then eventually they take this chunk of the moon and like build all this shit around it. And like, he just kind of owns it now. Like he has all his technology hovering above a planet full of mutants who will try and kill him. I mean, the it's most not, dangerous it's, mutants. It's Orcus though. Like he's working with Orcus. Like, Yes, and they but have this is lot. like right in front of the planet. <laughs> yes, and including they have the remains of Nightcrawler from when he had to vamp yes. around the moon so that it wouldn't crash into Mars. I'm, I'm sorry, Araco. Yes, um, and we do we know Orcus knows about resurrection already. We, they figured yeah. out during Inferno, I think. Right. Yes. All right. So let me cut back to Earth. At the treehouse, and a bunch of people are mourning the death of Cyclops. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> like in that moment, they're mourning his death. And then he goes back and takes off or decloaks his clothes. And you see it's Cyclops. Mr. Captain Krakoa is Cyclops. And we're basically at this point vaguely finding out that he died very publicly. So this is what has to be done. He leaves and calls Ben Uric. And tells him, hey, I want to talk to you. And he's like, oh, I'd love to talk, but about what? What story are you talking about? And then he realizes someone wiped his mind. Yep. And now, in my head, we'll get to who did it. But in my head, the last issue, Emma's the one who noticed them leaving together. Ben and Cyclops. So did Jean. Did she? Okay. I didn't catch mm-hmm. that part. Then Because, yeah, and Jean, Jean says to Emma that man is dangerous or something like that and emma's like indeed but which gentleman are you talking about oh yeah <laughs> then gene says the one who's not fucking you anymore that's who and um, then she's like so which one <laughs> so i'm now, emma frost baby and i do what i want <laughs> who and when yep all right and now we're going to x-men numbers oh sorry uh, i give that three and a half x's it was yeah, enjoyable. Like, no, I do want 
I, I do want to highlight. So I don't think at this time we as readers know for sure that he died publicly, but I, you know, if he's dressing up as somebody else and he's in hiding, obviously, yeah. but there's this moment when he hangs up from Ben and realizes that all of this is for nothing and his life is gone now. And he's just sitting in an empty subway. It's depressing. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It is, it is a sad. really sad moment. Because, like, everything you're fighting for, you can't celebrate because you can't even be you in public anymore. No. It's fucking... It sucks. Like and that's... really, it's the... It feels like the beginning of the breaking point of, like, you do know we can't do this for everyone. Like, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like... 100%. It's not viable. Like, heroes die in front of people. Like, we can't do this. Like, I, I feel like they should have thought of a better excuse because heroes also come back all the fucking time i i that's one of, like i don't understand the number of times people have come back from the dead why is ben urich right in the story <laughs> once again um, peter parker is back alive <laughs> so yeah let's cut to i gave X-Men it i gave it four x's though oh sorry yes four x's and on to you all right so what, what number was that six seven. <laughs> oh, that was seven no that was you're, six. You're we're doing seven. seven now you're doing seven yeah yeah exactly okay that's what i meant all right, so as as you just mentioned, X-Men number seven is after six. So that's where we're going now. <laughs> that is um, how numbers work. And again, just Pepe Larraz, Gary, uh, Jerry Duggan, just killing it with this X-Men book. I really, really love this X-Men run. 100%, yeah. So X-Men seven opens with a bunch of Chimera and the island of Dr. Moreau. And uh, Dr. Stasis is like, oh, my hybrid killing machine. How I love you. Everybody get together. We're going to take a picture. He has his tiger man butler take a picture of everybody. And then they all toast to the success. And in that drink is some kind of drug that berserkers the fuck out of these chimera. Yeah. And he sets them loose onto the city knowing that the X-Men are going to have to come save the day. But before that, we get to see the aftermath. So we open the, that was considered that the the prologue, if you will. So the book opens with Emma welcoming a resurrected Scott Summers back to life. They have this really nice moment where they're just kind of like laying back, like sitting back to back with each other, resting their, their heads on each other. And He's just saying, like, I'm tired. Like, I, I literally was just resurrected. I was just <laughs> born and I'm already tired. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you can't relate to that, I don't know. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? I 100% like, understand that. <laughs> like, 100%. Like, oh, fucking feel you, Scott. Feel you. Basically, but, anyone who's over 30 who ever woke up after a long day at work and just like, fuck. I just woke up and I'm already tired. <laughs> I like, dude, not too long ago, I fucking slept for forever. I like, I crashed. I was going like, it was too much. I, I burned out and I slept for like 10 hours. I woke up and by like five hours later, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted again. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be alive. Um, but anyway, Scott, <laughs> quote of the day. It's hard. It's hard to be alive. It's hard being alive. <laughs> it's hard to be alive. Um, so Scott's like, ah, all right, thanks, Emma. I appreciate you bringing me back and being here. I always love seeing your face. 
uh, gonna head back to the treehouse now. And she's like, the fuck you are, dude. She's <laughs> like, uh, you're dead. He's like, what do you mean? What happened? She's like, well, you died very publicly. And he wants to know what happened. And I really like this moment. He's like, well, that happened to me. And Emma's like, I, I couldn't watch. I, I, I'm not gonna watch it. Like, there was that. That was a really sweet moment of me. Like Emma's like, I'm not. I can't watch you die. Are you kidding me? I've seen that already, and I don't want to see it again. There's been a lot. Like it's subtle, but there's been a lot of little things and little moments where I'm like, she definitely still cares about him. Oh, she's definitely, maybe even still in love with him. I think there. I think there's like illusions all along that like they're still in a relationship. He and Gene are like a main relationship. They have that weird thruple with Wolverine. I think yeah. Scott still has whatever relationship he has with Emma. I'm sure Emma and Gene know about it. I think this is just orgy town, <laughs> Krakoa. Uh, I agree with most of it. I don't think Emma and Scott do anything. I think it's more of that like subtle, like we sh- we both want to deep I down, yeah, yeah. but we have something, I have something major in the Summer's house. Cause I feel like if she was part of it, she'd be at the Summer's house. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think you're right. I, and I think they are still in a romantic relationship, but maybe not a sexual relationship. Yes. Like exes that are forced to see each other every day, like those feelings still are there. And they were a long time exes. <laughs> like yeah. it was a good few years they were together in the books. Mm-hmm. Which I've always said is Scott at his best. He's at his best when he's with Emma. I agree with you. I want they both compliment each other and keep each other in check at the best ways. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, so we cut back uh, to the Chimera attacking New York City and the X Men coming in to save the day, including Cyclops, because this is earlier. We're about to basically, we as readers know, we're about to find out what the fuck happened so the x-men save polaris gene and rogue because they're on Araco, but we don't really know why i'm gonna assume dealing with whatever the fuck phalong's got going on up there um and so they jump down they start fighting the chimera and scott's like all right hold on i'm just gonna bust out the big guns real quick and he fucking like laser ricochets I'm, i know they're not lasers he laser <laughs> ricochets optic blast his optic blast off of everything and like takes out like a dozen of these motherfucking chimera fucking love cyclops fucking love them and and fucking sink Everett is like yo i want to tell you man um i thought you were full of shit (laughs) at the the x-men election when you said what you said and we went back to that moment because again Gene was connecting everybody's brains. So like everyone heard everyone's thoughts. Yeah. And Scott's thought was during the X-Men election, I am the X-Men. I am the X-Men bitch. Like, <laughs> And like the only other person I would allow to say that is Storm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. They are the X-Men. 100%. And, and he's always, and, he's always not always, but usually the leader and the heart. To and a point of and when he's not, storm has been you know what i mean like there have been like other field leaders obviously but storm and x-men or storm and and cyclops are the fucking leaders of the x-men so uh that was a cute moment so then we uh we cut x-men fighting all these demons or um, demons chimera uh it's not going the way dr stasis wants it to go who's apparently watching from a van nearby (laughs) 
an ambulance, ambulance nearby. Yeah, yeah an ambulance. ambulance nearby. So he sends out um, Bornin, which is this orangutan, white tiger, really sharp talons for hands creature. And he's like, go take care of this shit. And so this uh, chimera, if you will, jumps into battle and kidnaps a baby. In the meantime, now, before, uh, right before, I, I, sorry to cut you off, but right before, are you going to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. And so as he's kidnapping this baby, uh, Sunfire is, is, bla- is burning a bunch of them and, and ends up blowing up a building. Um, which I think was rigged for like he hit one of the creatures and it blew up. So like it was clearly rigged to make the X-Men look bad. Yeah. And it's starting to catch this building on fire when um, Everett decides to sync with Jean Grey, who's on fucking Mars. Yeah. And uses her like telekinetic Phoenix force basically to like rein in this fire and like just smother it telekinetically smother this fucking fire and everyone's fine and he's and sunfire's like dude did you just fucking sink with gene and he's like <laughs> wild right and then passes the fuck out like he's baby yoda using the force <laughs> <laughs> but this makes sense though because he does have the memories of hundreds of years perfecting his power it's i like- know and we'll get to, I think, a data page later. Yeah, but Dr. Like, Reyes has a, a good, like, I love it. I love that Sync is having this time to be, like, fucking shine, man. Like, again, yeah. like we mentioned with Polaris, this is, I mean, Sync has been cool in a lot of the books, but, like, this is the most, like, depth we've seen in, for, from him in, in a long time. And also, like, the most power we've ever seen from him. Yes. Uh, so back to this, uh, this, this, chimera tiger creature kidnapping this baby cyclops is like not on my watch motherfucker and he like blasts this creature and like jumps to save the baby and as he's saving the baby the creature swipes at him with his claws the baby is returned safe but then scott realizes oh i'm i'm fucking cut and he falls down he's bleeding from the neck but don't worry there's a medic on scene and so the paramedic comes out, who is Dr. Stasis, and he walks up to, to Scott and he says, and I, I'm going to read it because this is how cold-blooded this motherfucker is. He, he walks up to a, a dying Scott and says, there's good news and bad news. The good news is it wasn't a complete cut of your carotid artery. The bad news is then he takes the scalpel and slices his throat and says, <laughs> now it is basically. <laughs> and, and so then he's like, I'm going to do a little experiment here. I'm going to whisper in your ear as you die, where exactly you can find me. And I want to see if you remember this motherfucker. When you come back, that's right, motherfucker. I know you come back. And so. And this is the second time a different bad guy's tried this to see how the memory works. Yes, the Orcus other tried was, this before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one was like Nimrod and them, I think. Yeah. Um, and so Wolverine comes running up, like scared that you know, running to save Cyclops. The medic is like running away from the scene because you know that's what they do. And he's like, Oh, there's nothing I could do for him. Like that's not hmm? like, yeah, de- okay. deuces, I'm out. <laughs> and so Cyclops basically dies on the street in front of all these people and cameras and cell phones and all this shit. 
And so the world got to see Cyclops die. So I had an issue with this. This In this moment, the X-Men should know by now, okay, let me make it look like I'm grabbing him and say, we're going to use some Krakoan medicine real quick and just run away with his body through a gate. I know. It is a little dumb that they weren't able to like make it seem like he wasn't dead. But anyway, um, so then we cut back to the quiet council when Scott's like, I'm back, motherfuckers. What's happening? Why can't I go back to the treehouse? And Jumbo and Forge are there and they're like, hey, baby, we got you something cool. We got you this badass suit. That Jumbo made look real sweet with some with some like Krakow implants and whatnot, but Forge made real practical and useful. And uh, <laughs> you get to be Captain Krakow now because uh, you're supposed Surprise. to be dead, and we don't Surprise. want anybody to know. And in the while this is happening, Scott says to to Gene, he's like, um, "So I talked to Ben, and he doesn't have any memory of uh, the story he was going to write. So, um." you don't know anything about that, do you? And Gene's like, are you saying I erased his brain? I didn't do it. And then he's like, mm, just making sure. And then they show Emma in the foreground. He's like, yeah, I'm going to ask somebody else, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, forget it. And, uh, I don't want to piss her off. Yeah. And so then we end the book with Dr. Stasis surrounded by his creatures looking at a Batman-esque tube of clothing like like he's yeah that was kind of weird like he keeps his paramedic clothes in a special case yeah so he's looking at his disguise in this special case and um basically we we hear we see him waiting and scott's basically like somebody's fucking with us and i'm pissed off now yeah and that's how the book ends and then we get like you mentioned earlier we get a medical report from dr reyes who's basically like i don't have any idea how sync is doing this <laughs> um he might be an omega now like like i don't know how else we could define it but that shouldn't be possible and we define omega as like the top of that particular power source i don't see how you get more powerful than taking borrowing powers from somebody on mars and so we end there with dr reyes being like yeah uh Sync is either now has all these powers just stored in recall or he can just reach out to Mars and get them. But either way, that's some Omega level shit. So yeah, because uh, that implies if he knows the mutant, he can just tap into any mutant. That's fucking wild, man. Yeah, that's so cool. I gave it five X's. I thought this was a really good one. Uh, I gave it uh, four X's. All right. All right. So. To round out our adventures with the X-Men, we now turn to X-Men number eight, a new artist here, um, still Jerry Duggan, and featuring on the cover one, uh, you know what, I've never said this, said this character's name out loud, and I've never watched the Hulu show, so I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Modoc. Yeah, Modoc. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I've The Hulu never... show, I watched the first few episodes, it's, it's funny, it's not terrible. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't feel like keep going. Yeah. It's just one of the things that kind of came on the back burner, but like it's funny, it's ironic and stuff like that. All right, I might check it out still. I don't know, but anyway, so we open with Modoc looking over some jeans, talking about, Ooh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Oh, this is gonna make me a lot of money. This new thing I made, and he 
like s- sets it loose on a cruise ship and he's basically made this virus or something that he's put in the water that activates everybody's fight or flight and turns them all into murderers. Yeah. Like and so do. everyone on this cruise ship is attacking each other <laughs> and, and Modoc rolls up in a submarine and somebody's, I guess he's doing it for aim. He's working with aim. Yeah. And so he, he shows up. He's like, aim. Thanks everyone for their cursed on this cursed tub for donating their lives. And he kicks this woman in the face for science. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty fucking stupid. And uh, my, my favorite part is after that, the next thing we see is the, what I, the, the blackbird, but I think they might be calling it the proud, proud star. There's a different name for it. I forgot what it was, but there was a different name. I think it's proud, like for like John, proud, John proud star, right? I don't remember to be honest. Anyway, but and so the the X Men are flying to the to the ship to save everybody, and Cyclops is like, "Wait, really?" He said, "He yelled, this is for science." What? Where do we get that from? And Wolverine's like on the phone. He's like, "There's like footage of it right here. Somebody posted it on the internet. It's pretty silly." <laughs> they were live streaming it before we lost connection. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, so they show up. They realize, oh, we have a couple different things going on here. Polaris can tell that there's a cloaked ship above them that obviously has some some like um what's the word i'm looking for when you can read somebody's mind telepathy yeah but like they yeah they have some shit in there to block telepathy uh so gene can't find out who it is so they basically split up the team rogue's gonna go check this out uh gene and polaris and and captain krakoa are gonna go save the people in the water who are drowning and Wolverine and sink are going to go on the boat and they're going to go find this, this MODOK character and fucking put an end to this shit. So quick side note, um, there is a rumor going around that MODOK will be in the MCU soon. And I remember reading that going like, he's going to look so fucking stupid. I'm sure it's a cool way to do it, but in general, he's going to look stupid. And then I, the, the rumor also said he's being played by Jim Carrey. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I kind of see it now <laughs> Jesus with that voice, with a Jim Carrey voice, especially current day Jim Carrey, where he kind of chooses when he wants to be 90s Jim Carrey or serious actor. Jim Carrey. I am interested to see what that is like just I am, in general. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very much not interested in seeing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, cause comics are ridiculous and the movies are embracing it more and more every yeah. movie. And I, I would I, like to see it. I do appreciate that though. Um, and he was the villain in the video game, the Avengers video game. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's that. <laughs> okay. So uh, we cut back to the fight on the boat. Sink and, and Wolverine are taking out some AIM uh, soldiers, I guess. I don't really know what they're called. And in the midst of this, they're having finally this fucking talk that they should have had fucking forever ago. Uh, uh, eight issues ago. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Wolver- Wolverine's like, so how long, how long did it take before I fell for you? Like, she's like 100% like, okay obviously something happened because you're being weird so uh probably always being weird yeah so like uh what happened and he's like uh took like 200 and some odd years or whatever it was and she's like broke me down that fast (laughs) yeah i do like that and um it's a little flirty yeah and in a flirty way and then she says like she's like well you know 
I guess you can start over if you want. Like, let's uh, like she's basically yeah. saying, you know, let's get to know each other again. And um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But they have this this heartfelt conversation where it seems like Wolverine's kind of being flirtatious with them and maybe being like maybe some kind of memories or feelings might be resurfacing. But Sync is also having like this this moment of like, yeah, I only wanted to be on the X-Men because she was on the X-Men and uh i don't really know so anyway then they discover modok who is uh mowing away at a buffet yeah and he's like this is the only good thing about being on a cruise ship you dum-dums what are you doing here and so they um they get in a real quick fight with with modok with in which uh sync basically just th- uses again gene's telepathy i think to uh throw him or telekinesis i think to throw him out of the fucking boat and then captain krakoa while in midair punches him oh no that's not what happened he's trying to get him and modok gets away with also he pushes um wolverine into the ocean like hey metal skeleton probably not great for swimming yeah which is like the second time she's mentioned like uh listen i'm not so good of a swimmer in this issue (laughs) yeah exactly and so modok is trying to escape now that's i'm oh, sorry i forgot about that and that's when captain krakoa comes in and bunches him out of the sky and uh drops his ass down and 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 captain krakoa is like uh gene can i borrow some of your power real quick and you can you link me up with this modok motherfucker and so he goes inside his brain and sees that he's like having this family barbecue with i guess his actual kid but who's like part machine who's shoveling snow and yeah, his I took wife... it as a reference to the Modoc show. Cause the whole it... point of the Modoc show is his family fucking hates him and they're normal looking. <laughs> okay. Well, this kid has uh, one of them is snow shovels for arms. So yeah, different, um, but they clearly don't like him. And, uh, and his wife, it's got like Dr. Octopus type arms going on. And all the while he's having this conversation with, with Scott, like, you know, science is amazing. I do all this for the, for the love of science. Also, you know, I enjoy killing people and I like the money too. And well, like I also like this. Oh God. Yeah. He's having a barbecue in which he's grilling the heads of sink Wolverine and Cyclops, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and so he's like, if you like do like, why make monsters? Why not make angels? And, and he flat out says it's because angels will fly away and leave you. Monsters can be controlled with just, you know, bad words and make them feel bad about themselves and they'll do whatever you want. Like Which basically like no telling in a very small thing. 100%. Like I'm a horrible human being. That's why. Yeah. Um, and so Scott's like, well, along those lines, you remember how you're like, hey, bitch, we know where you live. I now know where you live and I can get inside your head at any time. So you fuck around with mutants again and you're going to find out again. Yeah. And, and you're going to pay just, everyone you fucked with. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, he just, he leaves them at that. And that's how they, uh, they beat Modoc. And as sync is using Jean's uh, telekinesis to bring Wolverine out of the water and back on the jet, she uh, stopped by the buffet and is mowing down on some food and says, Modoc was right. This both, this buffet is undefeated. Yeah. He's <laughs> very open about that. Yeah. And so we we cut after this, we cut to the uh, treehouse. 
And we see, like I was mentioning before, after a big battle, the X-Men always come together, but this time they're coming together with the, uh, with the community. They're having like a big, uh, a big lunch picnic type thing going on. Uh, random appearance from a Negasonic war, whatever the fuck her name, warhead um, who's making out with some girl and Cyclops is like, is she, building a whole team of girlfriends what is she up to? <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's like nah i can't judge and so uh sync comes out and he's like yo scott you got some time to talk and they have this conversation and and he in in which sync admits um yeah i'm the one who wiped ben's mind i used gene's powers and i went in his brain and i wiped it and i feel really guilty about that shit He's like, I also took his notebook and we can see in the notebook, the line immortal X-Men. So look for that. That's the name of a good book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so we get this moment where they're both like, Ben was going to out us, but he was like really excited about this. Like we can see in his notes, he could see in his head that he, he didn't view them as a danger. He viewed it as a miracle. Yeah. And the first word, the first option of the title he used was Miracle of the Mutants. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he saw it as a potentially good thing for everyone. You know what yeah. I mean? And because Ben Yurik is just the best, man. And so, and so Sync is like, I feel bad. I, I feel bad I did this. I don't think I'm cut out for this team. I only joined this team because I wanted to be close to Wolverine, but I've come to realize that I want to be close to the Wolverine I knew in the vault and she's gone. And it's not fair to me to like, or fair to Laura to, to act like she's that same person. She is not that person. And yeah, I, I like the hit a line. Something like I, I shouldn't haunt her with my memories. Exactly. You know, and I like, did like that. He said, like, I did think about just using telepathy and showing you everything, but that mm-hmm. wouldn't be fair either. Exactly. I, I, I love the, again, we said it a little bit ago. This version of sync is great. Like, fantastic the most depth he's had in forever and i really appreciate uh, yeah, it 100 and so he's basically like what if i were to say i'm finished being an x-man and, and scott's like i'd say you're finished when captain krakoa says you are yeah <laughs> not yet motherfucker and he's I, like I no the- you ain't going anywhere yet man you got some real good power on you and you're starting to grow as a human being you need this fucking team as much as we need you motherfucker well i took it also because scott does feel like uh i don't know if they reference it in this book but there was a line in one of the books where it's like we're fighting on multiple fronts and one of those fronts is the council like yeah he mm-hmm. understands that they have their own agendas that he doesn't fully understand about and also because he left at the time he left he doesn't know about the truth that's true he does not know. So he's literally mm-hmm. in a room with people that know the big secret that he doesn't know. Which Gene is the does. position that oh, Scott Gene's not has... on it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she now he's either. in a position that has never historically worked out for Scott, where if everyone knows something he doesn't know. When he does find out, he fucking lashes out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing we can say about Scott Summers, he's got a lot of good qualities. Yeah. Uh, one of his bad qualities is he's not really cool with being left out of things a hundred and ten percent he will move away with another redhead to a random island don't, don't no make time. him move to alaska god damn it <laughs> he will make friends with a random sea captain also doctor i forgot with that guy he had a million jobs you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot his name yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, um, like he doesn't have these good reactions. I took the moment with Sync. I took that as you want to leave, but I trust you. You're someone I know I can count on and trust. And yeah, you fucking powerful. And I so, like, and I took you're it. Done. I say than, you're done. <laughs> yeah, and I took it more than his power. I think I think his rationale is more. This is good for you to be mm. here. Like I think that's I think it's a continuation of what we've been seeing with all of these characters, which is being on the X-Men is good for me for yeah. personal growth reasons. And I, I, I honestly got to agree so far. And there was a data page where Forge makes it very, very clear. This suit was not made for you. Oh, I so love that. Be yeah. careful. And mm-hmm. to me, that sets up when the suit turns off in front of people in public. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the sense that it was like, gonna break i think he was like i want some data he because he, the suit fits him i think what he's saying is i didn't make this technology for mutants like you you yeah. can defend yourself i made this for the kids who can't i made it for ugly johnny who can just speak three times louder than somebody else what how is he gonna defend himself how is Cy- what cypher is gonna be able to speak french to somebody how is he gonna be able to defend himself you know what i mean like True. this is forge being like no be careful with this suit because it's my only prototype right now. And it's the one thing that might save us. And these, and these kids that don't have cool Cyclops powers when the fucking shit hits the fan. But I also took it as like foreshadowing for. Yeah. And there is probably some foreshadowing that is going to break and, and you know, whatever, but yeah. But yeah, um, it was a fun issue. I gave it uh, three and a half X's. I gave it, I gave it four. Um, there was a lot of funny in it, but there was also a, a lot of a depth and, and a lot of setup that I think is uh, going to pay off soon because this book ends, right? And then becomes Immortal X-Men? I don't know, honestly. I can't remember now. But but I do like this trend of let's get a group of X-Men. Some you know and some you don't. And then we'll make you like them. Let's yep. not make the same group of people and maybe one new person. No, let's do like a 50-50 split kind of thing. And basically, I mean, this whole team, yeah, it's basically that. Like, we know Rogue and Cyclops and Gene. After that, it's like, yeah, Sunfire hasn't been used a crazy amount. Sync hasn't been used a crazy amount. Mm-hmm. This is a new Wolverine, more or less. Like, and Wolver- and the new Wolverine has been used a shit ton. And that's a really good point. But not as Wolverine. Have- not until, like, the last five years. Yeah, really. that's a good point. But they have highlighted Sync, Polaris, and Sunfire, and then Laura. And then Cyclops is obviously a main character going throughout, but like, yeah, these characters have had the most like, here's a big issue just about them than than any of the other ones. And I and I appreciate that because, you know, we know these characters, you know, we've seen them around, but even we have never gotten a chance to see them like this. And I and I really appreciate it. Definitely. All right, guys, I hope you like these issues as much as we did. It's been a great stack of books today. Uh, you can find me on twitter at madman3005 josh where can they find you you can go to kokoaradio.com find me and nick there and also all the back issues of this here podcast and if you don't want to do that and you want to go on twitter and you want to tell us your favorite x-men books right now and what you think about wolverine you can find me at xbrarian it's librarian with an x and we also have a review from a fantastic fan. Yeah. So uh, thank you to Extremist, like, like your like your <laughs> handle, uh, gave us five stars, which again, 
we haven't had a chance to say this in a while, but um, five stars or one stars. Remember that, everybody. <laughs> no middle ground in this world. So this one, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, extremists. <laughs> uh, but the title is is we are not this. But move over, Jay and Miles. This is the best X pod. Uh, if we ever get to the point where we can honestly say move over Jay and Miles, uh, then that's bad news for Jay and Miles, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> something's happened to them. Because <laughs> something bad has happened to them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, here's the review. It's easy to get lost in the labyrinth that we call X-Men continuity. They they kill it constantly and aren't the experts like others, but very easy to listen to and do their research. Thank you very much. And I, you know, we aren't we aren't experts and I hope uh, we make that very clear <laughs> almost on an, almost on a, a weekly basis. Yes. It's, it's awesome guys. We, we appreciate all the kind words you guys send us on here on Twitter, anything, anytime we get a new subscriber on one of our Twitter pages and there's like, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm like, of what, like, what did I do? <laughs> so it, it's really awesome. Really nice. So until then guys, we will see you next time.